As a child, I grew up in an area where there wasn't much to do but run around and roam the woods. And I can tell you there were many times now thinking back on it that I encountered some strange and very uncomfortable things while out there. These viewers today have encountered some similar uncomfortable and spooky things. And they sent in their allegedly true experiences. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. Hey swamp folk, I'm sure many of you deal with many problems in your everyday life just as I do. Whether it be anxiety, having issues with creativity, or just having trouble falling asleep at night, I found something that may help you. Today's episode is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Now for those of you who are unaware, I know microdosing is commonly associated with psychedelic, wellness, performance enhancement, and creativity, but there are other things you can use in this format as well, such as THC. If you're looking to have a creative boost, enjoy Enjoy the moment more or have a better workout and recovery, this is something that may help you. Personally, microdose gummies has helped me a ton in my workout and recovery routine. I used to get super sore and I was always deterred from getting my three days in a week because I'm just like, man, I don't feel like it. But after starting microdose gummies, I have honestly noticed I am much less sore, I have more energy, and I even have that creative boost that I've been lacking for some time. They really do taste and feel amazing. Honestly, I use them to help me get into to the zone for multiple things, whether it's making videos, whether it's working out, or just taking on any task that I need to be super focused and zen on. All around, they're a 10 out of 10 for me. They help me chill out, they help me wind down, and I sleep like a baby. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SWAMPED to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, and be sure to use code SWAMPED for 30% off your first First order and free shipping. Creepy Dude on the Trail by Snoo Peripherals 6557. It finally started raining here, so I took my 14 year old son out mushroom hunting over the weekend. It was later than we usually go, and the sun goes down much earlier these days but we were taking a short trail to the river and back, hoping to find turkey tails or chanterelles. We took a wrong turn and ended up going through a big field, which would take us back to the main trail along the river. As we walked toward the main trail, the last group of people had left. It was just my son and myself. We walked along, and this weird man came out of the thicket side of the trail. He had a dog with him that was alert at his side. He was staring at us as we walked closer to him. Then he started waving at us. It was this bizarre, slow wave. I was immediately uncomfortable and goosebumpy, but didn't want to be impolite, so I half-heartedly waved back while staring back and telling my son to slow up. I didn't wish to meet up at the junction. After a full minute of us dawdling, the guy slowly turned and began walking down the trail toward the main path. I was walking very fast and I was wary. I didn't want to go too fast, but I didn't want to go too slow. We stopped to look at some plants, so the guy and dog got further down this trail which curved to the right and continued on for two more blocks into the junction. I was thinking if this were a creepy story on the Swamp Dweller podcast, this dude would be waiting around the corner for us. Sure enough, thank god I listened to all these Swamp Dweller stories, because that's exactly what went down. He was standing at the junction, off to the left and toward the parking lot. 
and to the right was a 0.6 mile trail to the river. This dude was standing with his dog staring at us, not moving an inch. Both my son and I were like, holy crap, let's keep wide to the right and see what's going on because this guy looks very creepy. We could run faster than him for sure, he was much older than us. Generally, we planned for the freaky deaky just in case. As we approached, the creepy old man kept staring at us as if he were in a trance. I asked if he was okay, and he just kept staring back without a word. He was greasy-haired, with tiny round glasses, a blue windbreaker, and long plaid shorts. He looked around 50 years old, and his dog was a small beagle mix. He didn't answer me at all. He just kept staring at me with that blank expression that I could only equate to Jeffrey Dahmer. We turned to the right and walked about a block. I had my phone cam facing me so I could watch over my shoulder, and the only movement was him slowly shifting his direction to continue staring at us. I didn't say anything else to him. His stare was moderately unsettling as it was, made more so by his lack of response, a motionless face, weird tiny glasses, and slow wave like he was a zombie. He did leave because on our way back he was no longer standing on the main trail, but ultimately I don't know what came of him, and it freaked me out for a long time. Women Screaming in the Woods by Dramatic Complaint So this event happened over the weekend while I was at home from college for my mom's birthday. On Saturday night, I had a couple of beers with my girlfriend, who was spending the weekend at our house because my parents were super chill about that stuff. At about 12.30pm, a few minutes after my parents went to bed, I went to the back porch to grab a couple more beers for myself and my girlfriend, who was waiting in the basement where we planned to watch Game of Thrones for a while before going to sleep. I opened the back door, stepped onto the back porch, and immediately the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end, and I felt like I was being watched from the tree line. My back porch overlooks the backyard, which leads directly into thick woods that go on for many miles. I thought nothing of it at first. I always feel a little spooked going outside at night. But as I opened the cooler, I heard something. In my mind, it was unmistakable. The agonizing screams of what sounded like my next door neighbor and her teenage daughter. What's even more terrifying is I swear they were screaming a particular thing. Sam, help us. Please, Sam. Now, I was drunk and already on edge. Frankly, I turned around without the beers and locked the door behind me as I went back inside. Then I heard my mom's voice calling from upstairs asking me if I had heard it. I responded yes and asked if she knew what it was. She didn't have a clear answer, only speculation, but she knew that our neighbors were both not home at the time on vacation, so I don't know who, what, or why caused this whole thing. But it's freaked me out for many, many weeks, and I really hope somebody in the swamp can tell me what it was. Creepy Encounter Backpacking by It's Botany Itch I went backpacking alone over the recent long weekend, which was definitely a 10 out of 10. The second night, I camped at a beautiful high-elevation lake, which a short, one-mile trail could also access. So there was a few other campers and several people who were just day hiking or fishing. It was late afternoon, and I was sitting around my camp reading when a guy in his mid-twenties walked by carrying a fishing pole in a small cooler. I didn't really think much of it but after five to 10 minutes later, he doubled back and came and said hi. I said hello in return and went back to reading, but he sat down on a stump next to me without a warning, 
I was utterly taken aback by this invasion of my space. He started asking me questions that were really just statements but in a creepy amused tone like, So you're just reading? And then looked behind me and noticed my tent and said, Oh, you're staying the night here alone, huh? I didn't say anything in response to this in particular, but it is evident that I am. It's hard to explain, but this vibe was really off-putting. I was so uncomfortable that I couldn't even form words or tell him I was trying to be alone or get him to leave. I was honestly paralyzed. His eyes were so dead and dark, and they just drilled into me. I just responded with, uh-huh, or yep, or something just very uninterested. I tried to pretend I was still reading, but without warning, he pulls out, cracks a beer, lights a cigarette, and starts blowing it at me. At this point, I'm so uncomfortable and just not responding. Soon, another hiker wandered by and he struck up a conversation with him, and I took the opportunity to grab my water filter and bladder and pretend I needed to go get water. I went to the shore, filtered some water super slowly, and saw him walk away and sit with the new guy, which relieved me a bit, except that he kept looking in my direction. I came back eventually, got inside my tent, and for about 20 minutes, everything was fine. I had a rain fly that I pulled back and was watching the sunset. I was loosely organizing my things when he popped out from behind my tent and stood maybe about a foot from my door looking down at me. He didn't say anything, but he just started laughing creepily and fakely. It, it was just so uncomfortable. I asked, what do you want? And his response was, this is just really funny. I felt sick to my stomach and responded with something like, I'm taking a nap now, so have a good night. He laughed again, but luckily left. Later, I saw him wandering around the camp with no real purpose, looking in my direction very often. I had no cell phone service. I had no cell phone service, but I wrote down his last name, at least what was written on his cooler, and where he said he was from while talking to another hiker in my notes app, just in case, and slept with my pocket knife very close. I debated leaving camp altogether that night, but I ended up staying and just leaving early in the morning in case he came back. Typically while backpacking, I think the worst thing that could happen is that I might run into a bear or sprain my ankle. And maybe this seems not as wrong as you're reading it, but this was the most unsettling experience I've ever had in the backcountry. I'm sure I'll be back out soon, but I hope I meet a bear next time instead of some creepy guy who just wants to stare at me and laugh creepily. Strange Animal Encounter by Phobia117 One day last year, I was hunting in a ground blind on the outskirts of a field about 20 yards from a stream. On the other side of this creek was a massive uphill slope covered in trees. We call this area the thicket. The property is roughly two hours northeast of Atlanta, Georgia. This particular day wasn't very active. I had been in the blinds for about an hour and a half and hadn't seen a single deer. I heard something strolling down the hill behind me. It was about 4 or 5 o'clock and stopped right about when it got to the creek. It sounds heavy as it walks, so I'm expecting to see a massive deer, as there aren't any good-sized animals in this area besides them. There have been bears sighted on the minor road that the property lies on, but that's few and far between, and it's always a big local story when it happens and I've been living here for about 30 plus years and I've never seen one personally. It's quiet for a minute. Then suddenly I feel something hit the top of the blind, maybe about the size of an acorn or a small rock. I'm under a small tree so I don't think too much of it, but after about 30 seconds it happens again. The nature of this occurrence leads me to believe that something didn't fall on the blind. Something was thrown at it. Now this is about the time I start asking myself questions. I didn't have time to ask many before it stepped into the creek. I can hear water splashing around, confirming that this was big and heavy. Whatever it was, it was massive. 
I finally work up the courage to stand up in the blind and look out the back window and flap to see if I can see my quote-unquote assailant. But there's nothing there. Nothing at all. The noises have stopped. I sit down, wondering what the hell is happening behind me, and starting to get a bit unnerved. That's when I hear something grunting. It's making these concerning vocalizations, and once again, it starts stomping around in the creek, splashing every which way. When I hunt, I usually carry a buck knife and a 9mm handgun, and my primary rifle is a Browning X-Bolt chambered in a 300 short magnum. The short version is it's a massive, little powerful bullet for anyone who doesn't understand what that means. This thing, it'll blow you up real quick. Most deer I kill with it never run away and bleed out somewhere. They usually are dead before they even hit the ground from blunt force trauma. In short, it's just a hair short of being considered overkill. I only tell you this to highlight that I wasn't precisely defenseless at the time. It was quite the opposite. After about two to three more minutes of hearing this thing cause an uproar in the creek, I decided my only way out was a confrontation. I stand up, unzip my blind, and take the safety off my shoulder cannon as I step into the open field. But again, it was just me. There was nothing out here, just an empty field, nothing in the creek, nothing in my area, nothing in the thicket, and no sounds of any kind. Absolutely nothing. I've had about all I can stand at this point, and I don't care how many guns I have. Nothing that big and that heavy can just vanish into thin air. It was time to get back to the RTV and get the heck out of there, and now. But I couldn't even take one step in the direction of my ride when I heard it again. Sauntering back up the hill, deep into the thicket, I swear this time I can hear it breathing too. I haven't hunted in that area again, and I don't think I ever planned to. Just remember, we're not the only things out there in the woods, and you never know what you might run into. I don't think this was a Sasquatch, I don't think it was a skimwalker, but I don't know at all what it was. Church in the Wood by Anonymous I've been watching this show for a long time, and I've recently been snowed in and bored, so I figured I'd finally share my own story. This happened, and this is how it went down. No BS. This is not fake. And I warn you, it's very long. I grew up in Ohio in the 1970s, and my childhood friend Joe was outside all the time. We could manage it. Honestly, we loved it out here. Joe lived on a farm bordering a massive national forest, and my parents would drop me off in the morning and we would stay in the woods all weekend. We'd only come out for school. We loved pretending we were frontiersmen. We'd build shelters, traps, and practice making fire with sticks in our yard. When we got to be in high school, we got this notion to pull a big stand-by-me type trip, you know. This was based on the movie of the same name that had just come out. The idea was that we would walk out to the railroad tracks out in the country, but instead of looking for a dead body, we'd find cool bridges to fish from and camp a little ways off the tracks. Of course, we knew this was dangerous, and we'd likely be trespassing. But we were kids, we had a lot of fun, and we did find beautiful rivers. We did discover bridges no one went to, and we did fish, and we did hide from trains. We camped in those woods near the tracks at night and made small hidden fires. Nothing wrong ever happened. It was idyllic. It was so much fun. We did it multiple times and I never had a problem. After high school, Joe and I went our separate ways. 
We both left home but always stayed in touch and always tried to coordinate visits so we'd see each other occasionally. Well, one summer in the mid-1990s, it worked out that we were both in town for about a week at the same time. We'd do stuff with family in the day, but at night we'd either catch drinks at a bar or sit outside Joe's house around a fire and talk about the good old days. One night, Joe and I talked about our Stand By Me trips. Well, nostalgia and beer are a hell of a mix. Soon, we decided to take a day, walk the rails, camp one night, and walk home. The day came and we started early morning. We had my wife drop us off in our old place where we used to create outside of our hometown. She thought that it was crazy and made sure to mention it multiple times. When she pulled away, Joe suggested that instead of walking the usual route, we should take an opposite direction to be adventurous. We knew the land well, we had a map, and I gave him the what the hell shrug and we set off. The day went fine. It was fun and a little sad, but in a good way. We found a bridge, sat on the edge, smoked a joint, and moved on. We had no fishing gear this time, but we brought some canned food and other stuff to make sure we were fed. Before the night started to set in, we picked a spot to camp. It was a thickly forested area with trees on every side of the train tracks, so you felt like you were in a tunnel. We had brought small hammocks to sleep on, but before we set them up, we decided to do a little scouting of the perimeter. This is what we used to do in the old days, too. We'd walk the area around a little bit to make sure there wasn't some dude's house just over the hill or something, and we weren't camping in their yard. We walked maybe 100 feet into the woods and up a slight incline. We figured we would be fine if we didn't see anything from the top of the short hill. But when we got to the top, we saw an old building. Down at the bottom, about 100 yards into the woods, it was barely visible. We pondered over what to do. We both assured it was a sugar shack or something because there didn't appear to be any clear roads to it. It didn't seem like it had any land clearing. From where we were, there didn't look to be anyone. All was quiet and no movement can be seen. No lights, no sounds, nothing. We decided to walk a little bit closer to make sure. We came down the hill very slowly and as we neared the building, we saw it wasn't a sugar shack at all. It was an old church. It looked like it had been abandoned for many years. It was a squat, sagging building whose wooden planks were almost black from years of moss and rot. A cross still stood at the top of the place, also weathered black. None of the windows had glass and there were no doors, just open doorways. We got close enough to see inside and there were rows of pews and built up sections in front of the preacher where he would usually stand. We didn't go all the way in, we didn't want to. Beyond that, there was no sign of anyone else, no footprints, no paths, no roads. It was an abandoned church in the middle of trees. We immediately left as quickly as we could, went back up the hill to the spot that we had picked the camp. Having a mountain between the church and us made us feel just a bit better though, but we were still feeling a little uneasy. We chalked it up to the natural creepiness seeing a church in the middle of the woods would elicit. Besides, at this point it was dusk and we decided to rig up our hammocks, go to sleep, and move on in the early morning. Night set in, and as we lay in our hammocks and just kind of talked crap, we began to hear something in the direction of the church. Our conversation went a little like this. Do you hear that? Yeah, what the heck is that? It sounds like people singing. And it did sound just like singing. We both slid out of our hammocks and crouched down, straining to hear more. We listened for a minute or two, and the singing continued, but it wasn't getting louder. Finally, we decided to creep back up the hill and see if we could spy on where the sound was coming from. We could still lurk in the woods from the old days, which was second nature to us. 
The moon was barely out but provided enough light so you wouldn't walk into a tree, but it was near pitch black. We didn't use flashlights as we crept slowly up the hill and didn't speak a word. We saw the light in the distance, and when we got to the top, we knew that something was indeed coming from the church. The singing was coming from inside. Joe and I put our heads close together. We kept a calm conversation that boiled down to, can you believe this? The light looked like candlelight from how it flickered. Though we tried very hard, we couldn't seem to discern what was being sung. It did sound like church music, but in another language. We sat and watched for quite some time trying to see who was in there, but we only saw occasional shadows. We had no intention of getting closer either. We had about a football field length between us and we aimed to keep it that way. The singing continued for some time and abruptly stopped. After that, a booming male voice began to chant. I was already freaked out at this point, but this voice thoroughly scared the ever-living crap out of me. It sounded like some Old Testament preacher you see in the movies, but again it was like he spoke in a different language because we couldn't understand a single word. At this point, I was ready to say, let's get the heck out of here, when Joe put a hand on my shoulder and hissed, they're coming out. We were far enough away that we couldn't make them out well, but we could see a line of figures walking out the open doorway, all holding hands in a single file. We could see some of them had flashlights. They began to sing again, and the lights and the flashlights started to move towards us and the hill. We booked it back to our campsite, grabbed our stuff, and ran to the tracks. Once there, we ran down the routes in the direction we had come from. After a few minutes, we stopped and looked back. We saw lights coming down the hill. They were moving erratically, like whatever was holding them was shaking. We continued to run in spurts and walk as fast as we could. We eventually stopped seeing the lights, and when we came to a road, by the luck of our map, we knew a small town was about 15 minutes down it. We walked there, got to a 24-hour gas station and called my wife to come get us. My wife and her friend thought it was just kids messing around, but I heard those voices. I'm sure they weren't kids. I'm not sure who those people were, but it was the creepiest thing to ever happen to me out in the woods. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's very helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us and help us expand our ever-growing waters? Hit that subscribe button and make sure your notifications are on because I upload almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a scary story, whether you're out in the woods, whether you're camping, whether you're doing something in the great outdoors in general, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours to help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating on those platforms as it helps me grow over there. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I'm gonna have to say number 5 was mine, there's just something about finding creepy buildings with people doing strange things in them in the woods that really get my skin bumping. If you made it all the way to the end, be sure to comment the code word, leaping women, to confuse anybody who did it and to let me know how many of you actually make it to the end. 
Thank you guys, as always, for supporting The Swamp like you do. I couldn't do this without you all. Be sure to join me over on Instagram, Twitter, all those good social medias. I did recently start a gaming channel, so if you guys are interested in checking out horror games, sports games, and stuff like that, join me over on that channel. I'll put a link in the description. And I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.